the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Your resource health for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570. KDIZ Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. Over the objections of the FBI, the White House making plans to publicly release a controversial classified memo dealing with the Russia probe. President Trump has said he wants the memo released even after the FBI declared this week that it has grave concerns about its accuracy. The document was prepared by Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee, and it's said to allege FBI misconduct early in the Russia meddling probe. Democrats have complained loudly that GOP allies of the president are using the memo to try and discredit the investigation. Greg Clugston, Washington. The latest employment report took the experts by surprise. Employers adding a lot more jobs than expected last month. Payrolls grew by 200,000 jobs. On Wall Street right now, the Dow down 241 points. This is SRN News. January is National Glaucoma Awareness Month. With open-angle glaucoma, the most common form, there are virtually no symptoms. Notice anything until significant vision is lost. The best way to protect your sight is to get tested. For more resources and information, visit the Glaucoma Research Foundation at glaucoma.org. This wellness spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570. Stream online at twincitieswellnessradio.com or tune in with our free mobile app. Ramping up to Like It Matters Radio with Mr. Black, which is next here on Wellness 1570. TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com is our website. Learn more about us. Healthy Living Tips podcasts. Our program guide shares with a friend. Maybe you have friends or relatives in for the Super Bowl this weekend. Well, they can download the Wellness 1570 mobile app and take us. We're still one of the only wellness stations in the country. For today from the Eagle Wellness Studios, looking at some sun and 13 for hot. For 30 years, the healthcare insurers have had it wrong. We don't need them to manage the delivery of our health care. We need to manage the finance of our health care. Sustainable health care. What is it? How do we attain it? What changes are needed? What does it mean for doctors, healthcare insurers, pharmaceutical companies, and most importantly, you, the patient? If you like your doctor, can you really keep your doctor? Or can you change the system to keep them in practice? These and a host of other questions will be addressed by Dr. Stephen Trobiani, MD, and his new program, Sustainable Healthcare on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, Saturday at 2 p.m. Dr. Trobiani brings 30 years of medical practice and many years of uncovering problems in the healthcare industry. And he'll offer solutions on restructuring healthcare financing through free enterprise. Tune in Saturdays at 2 p.m. on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, AM 1570, and hear Dr. Trobiani's insight into providing prescriptions to what ails the healthcare industry. Your child's education is one of the most important decisions you can make as a parent. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. A quality Christian education can make all the difference in your child's life. A Christian school typically provides smaller class sizes for your student to flourish. Smaller class sizes can allow for more one-on-one time, allowing for individual attention with each student to focus on their academic needs, helping your child succeed. Wellness Radio 1570 believes in the power of Christian education so much that we have partnered with private Christian schools in the Twin Cities to offer half off your child's first year at a brand new school. That's right, half off. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com to check out a full list of our partnering schools. See frequently asked questions about the program and learn more. We have a limited number of vouchers available, so the time is now to start planning for the upcoming year. Visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. I was nine weeks along and didn't know what else to do. I felt helpless, and I didn't want to leave it up to her, but I didn't know what to do or say. I didn't know there were other options available. I didn't know it was a baby with a beating heart. 
at 18 days. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, Pro-Life AcrossAmerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard people. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you want to be inspired, get help in becoming all you can be, the time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. It's a great day to be alive. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, Mr. Black. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're titling today's show, Elephant in the Room. You know, uh, there's a lot of things that are right in front of us that a lot of us don't like to admit. You know, I like to call some things like truth therapy. No, truth therapy is to identify the lie and replace it with the truth. But there's also this thing called denial. You know, denial. We joke around, you've all heard it before, denial is not a river in Egypt. Just because we deny the truth does not mean it doesn't exist. You can doubt that the sun's up because it's cloudy out and it's raining. But if the clouds moved away and you cleared the sky, you would see the sun is out. You, can't, you can deny it all you want. It's there. It's just behind all those clouds and all that doom and gloom. You know, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, as I was thinking about today's show, I was Googling some things, and all these uh, these analogies, metaphors, stories about elephants. So I kept having all this elephant thing picking up, and, and what reminded me most is the parable of the blind men and the elephant. So much, I was thinking about it, and then one of uh, my friends, one of my graduates, one of the listeners of Like It Matters Radio, sent me a blog from their uh, spiritual website that they get daily, and it was about the blind men and the elephant. I said, hey, that sounds like a radio show I once did. And, and she said, yep, that's what made me think about you. So let me share with you a few words of prose. This is uh, a poem by John Godfrey Sachs. It's called Blind Men and the Elephant. And it says, it was six men of Indostan to learning much inclined who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind, that each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant and happened to fall against his broad and sturdy side, at once begin to bawl. God bless me, but the elephant is very like a wall. The second feeling of the tusk cried, Ho, what have we here? So very round and smooth and sharp, to me, tis mighty clear. This wonder of an elephant is very like a spear. The third approached the animal and happened to take the squirming trunk within his hands, thus boldly up and spake. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a snake. The fourth reached out an eager hand and felt above about the knee what most this wondrous beast is like is mighty plain quoth he tis clear enough the elephant is very like a tree the fifth who chanced to touch the ears said even the blindest man can tell what this resembles most deny the fact who can this marvel of an elephant is very like a fan the sixth no sooner had begun about the beast to grope than seizing on the swinging tail that fell within his scope. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a rope. And so these men of Indostan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion, 
exceeding stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right, and all were in the wrong. And the moral goes on to say, So often theological wars, the disputants I ween, rail on in utter ignorance on what each other mean, and prate about an elephant not one of them has seen. That is so powerful for where we're at in today's world. See, ladies and gentlemen, I do leadership training. You go to likeitmatters.net. I've been doing it for 25 years. I do personal development training. If you think about what is leadership training, leadership has to do with the person. So leadership development is really personal growth. And personal growth is flat out the most difficult type of growth there is. Because in order to grow as a leader, in order to grow as a person, we must be willing to accept the possibility that maybe we're not perfect. Maybe we don't walk on water. Maybe we don't have it all figured out. Maybe even with the best of intentions, maybe there could be some things out of the purview of our, of our sight, of our knowledge, of our ability to understand or resonate. And so there's a lot of different meanings and philosophical and religious meanings of this. But let me go to a, a theological truth. You know, when it comes to the, the, the moral uh, or, you know, of the blind man and the elephant, it seems that today's philosophers, today's people, the world that we live in today, they end their agenda too quickly. I mean, look at this whole memo thing. You, we got basically two different Americas today. We got those of you that want to hate on Donald Trump and then those of you that want to, you know, uh, hope that we can come together as a country and he's our elected president, and even though we might not like some of the things he tweets sometimes and wouldn't hang out with him and let our kids hang out with him, some of us believe that he's the man that was elected by this country and the only man that could take us through what we're doing. Right around, This is not a political. I'm just saying, look around. The bitterness, the strife, the envy, the hatred. We live in a time where it's okay to hate as long as you hate the right person. And so today I really want to go into the elephant in the room. And I'm going to tell you, I don't want to spoil it and put in this first segment here. I, I, I want to bring up to you two elephants in the room. I think there are two elephants in the room, and it affects everything we do. It affects our work life. It affects our home life. It affects our intimate life. It affects our, our, our social life. It affects every aspect of it. And so today, let's uh, continue talking about elephants because this, like I said, when I started Googling this, this elephant, there's all this other stuff. So what is the concept of the elephant in the room? Because that's really what I talk about. So the elephant in the room is an English language metaphorical idiom for an obvious problem or risk that no one wants to discuss or a condition of groupthink that no one wants to challenge. Do you see why today's show? Because today, if you don't go with the agreement of what everybody else thinks, there's something wrong with you. I got a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Brother in Christ, who supports, who sends his people to our training, who believes in what I'm doing, and just went off on me because he doesn't like when I get political. And I said, you know, there are differences between political and cultural. Uh, I don't want to do a political show. I'm not asking you to vote for anybody. Uh, I'm not running for any office. But culture is a series of repeated events, a series of repeated beliefs or actions that constrain and contain every single thing. And every other thing that we do is judged by that. You know, what do you think? How do you think we know if something's good or, or, or bad? How do we know if something's getting better or worse? How do you think of something? How do we know if something's positive or negative? Don't you get it? We have this unconscious litmus test. We have this, this test, this thing that we're comparing it to. Better, worse, good, bad, uh, profitable, unprofitable are all comparison words. We're comparing it to something. So I wanted to find out where did this phrase called the elephant in the room come from? And the meaning of the phrase. Uh, is the elephant in the room is this, an important and obvious topic which everyone present is aware of, but which isn't discussed as such discussion is considered to be uncomfortable. Welcome to the world we live in, right? If you don't agree with everything of a person of color, then you're a racist. Uh, if you like Trump, then you're xenophobic and racist. And I mean, we're just calling each other's names. Isn't it amazing? We can just call each other's name, each other names, put each people down. I can't even watch, you know, a lot of these awards show anymore. It's so bitter, so much vitriol, so much hatred and bitterness. And you got to get that this phrase, the elephant in the room, is actually an American phrase. We don't exactly know the exact, exact, precise source, but we know that it comes at least about the 1950s. 
and possibly some years earlier than that. But the first reference, as I did a little research to the phrase, was in the Charleston Gazette, July 1952. Chicago, quote, comma, that's an old Indian word meaning get that elephant out of your room. I'm not sure what all that means, but that was the first time they could actually find it. And the first known citation that uses the phrase with a clear intention of conveying our current understanding of the phrase is the title of Tippo and Hastings' book, An Elephant in the Living Room, A Leader's Guide for Helping Children of Alcoholics. And today, I don't care how it came about, I want to cover an elephant in the room on Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees. Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team, absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that is is off the charts, different and better than we ever had before. First of all, best investment I ever made. Secondly, we decided to reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included. Change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening Climb in Minneapolis, February 8th through the 10th. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Events and special occasions can be more than just gatherings. You desire to create lasting memories. That's what Our Britain Catering and Hospitality's goal is in every event and special occasion designed for you. Creating lasting memories. Seek an array of award-winning venues and sample exquisite food from the best chefs along with the best possible presentation. That is what Our Britain does for you. Weddings, family reunions, galas, special events for businesses are all areas where Our Britain shines. This husband and wife team make a great serving combination. Challenge Seth and Don as they journey to become the number one catering team in the world. Three unique catering options. Apples to Apples offers a unique farm-to-table concept. This Little Piggy, a Minnesota favorite for 30 years, and distinctive catering with its luxurious and memorable style. Our Britain Catering and Hospitality, abrittoncatering.com. That's A-B-R-I-T-I-N catering.com. Creating lasting memories. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio. Like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, Mr. Black. And, you know, uh, as we uh, take this radio show international and uh, we start uh, hitting city by city and start making ourselves available, uh, you know, it's exciting time. Uh, and as I continue to evaluate what this radio show is, you know, uh, for those that don't know, I kind of like to consider myself a, a modern age Paul Harvey, if you will. If you don't know who Paul Harvey is, Google him. Uh, I kind of consider myself that. You know, when I was putting this radio show together, I, I thought about it as a chicken soup for the soul mixed with a, a Tony Robbins with a, a dash of Dr. Phil or Dr. Laura, uh, but then wrapped up. Uh, with the foundation of the Word of God. And, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, disciplines, if you will. Uh, transactional analysis, neurolinguistic programming, multiple intelligences, logotherapy, emotional intelligence, canine, constant, never-ending improvement, and the Word of God. 
Uh, and so it's a unique class. It's a, a, I mean, a training, a radio show, whatever you want to call it. It's an hour of time to work on our heads and hearts. That is the secret. That is the key. You know, there's something in the corporate world called lean manufacturing, Six Sigma, Lean Sigma. It's about process improvement. A lean manufacturing is about taking a piece of equipment, a product, uh, and making it better or less expensive. Uh, Six Sigma is about taking a process uh, and making it more uh, refined, uh, making it function better, more efficiently, maybe even with less people at less expense but more at a higher level. And so what I do in my leadership training, you can check it out at likeitmatters.net. And in this radio show, I, I, I don the cap of under construction, of constant and never-ending improvement, of being a little bit better today than yesterday, a little bit better tomorrow than today. And if we're going to do that, there's only two entry levels. There's only two portals that we can do that when we're dealing with human beings. And that is the head and the heart. Those are the two entry points. Those are the two main dictators of everything that we do, think, say, uh, how we feel, all those things. So if you can make any lasting change, if you're going to make any real change, you must do it the way the, the heart is controls the mind and body and the way the mind controls the mind and body. In other words, uh, what we take in, how we feel about things, and how we think about things. And our thinking can sometimes dictate how we feel, if not all the time. And so that's why we want to address this, the elephant in the room. Let's be honest. For the first time in our, in our history, we're going to hand over to our kids a country worse off than the way we found it. I mean, there's a lot of struggles out there. There's a lot of hate. There's a lot of bitterness. Who cares who you voted for? It's not a political show. But it is care about, you know, what about your kids? What about the impact you have? What about the world you live in? What about the country you live in? You know, that does matter. And so the elephant in the room is an English language metaphorical idiom for an obvious problem or risk that no one wants to discuss or a condition of groupthink that no one wants to challenge. I mean, I watched the State of the Union address the other day. It's stunning that you had all these college kids that came out and talked about how they hated the speech that wasn't given yet. But the reporter uh, told them that was given last night, and they pretended like they knew what it was and just trashed it. You know, you got 85 or 80%, 75% of American people saw that speech and thought uh, Trump was attempting to, to bring people together, unite. And he's a screwed up, broken man. But I mean, to hear it's like two different worlds out there. Two different worlds. So an elephant in the room is an important and obvious topic, which everyone present is aware of, but which isn't discussed as such. Disgust is considered to be uncomfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get uncomfortable. And that's why I started with the story of the, the six men and the elephants. It was actually a poem. But there's a parable out there. The story of the blind men and elephant originated in India, from where it's widely diffused, made famous by the great Sufi master Jalal ud din e rumi and I apologize. But this is the parable. This is, it goes something like this. In a distant village a long time ago, there lived six blind men. One day the villagers announced, hey, there's an elephant in the village today. They had never seen or felt an elephant before and so decided, even though we would not be able to see it, let us go and feel it anyway. And thus they went down to the village to touch and feel the elephant to learn what animal this was and they described it as follows. Hey, the elephant is a pillar, said the first man who touched his leg. Oh no, it is like a rope, argued the second after touching the tail. Oh no. It is like a thick branch of a tree, the third man sprouted after touching the trunk. It's like a big hand fan, said the fourth man, feeling the ear. It's like a huge wall, sounded the fifth man who groped the belly. It's like a solid pipe, said the sixth man with the tusk in his hand. They all fell into heated argument as to who was right in describing the big beast, all sticking to their own perspective. A wise sage happened to hear the argument stopped and asked them, what is the matter? They said, we cannot agree to what the elephant is like. The wise men then calmly said, each one of you is correct and each one of you is wrong. Because each one of you had only touched a part of the elephant's body. Thus, you only have a partial view of the animal. If you put your partials view together, you will get an idea of what an elephant looks like.
At various times, it has provided insight into the relativity, opaqueness, or inexpressible nature of truth. The behavior of experts in fields where there is a deficit or inaccessibility of information. The need for communication and respect for different perspectives. And although the parable's function is to call attention to a lack of objectivity and consideration of other approaches and perspectives when wanting to understand the nature of things, we do have to warn that not all perspectives are equally valid. And even valid arguments are not necessarily equally sound. And this article I have uh, it thanks uh, Dr. Peter Kabai for this reminder. Each of us lives in our own world with our own life experience and sensory perceptions, which often lead us to biases characterized by a lack of general activity, open-mindedness, and the consideration of the points of view of others. And see, ladies and gentlemen, this is where I want to go to this, with this. The three perceptual positions are so important. You know, as a leader, it's important that we make decisions to the best of our ability. And part of that ability is to take in as much data as we can. So we're making our, our, our proper decisions. We're making good, sound decisions. So we've got to figure this out. In a world where issues are usually uncritically two-sided, right? They're black or white, good or bad, ethical or unethical. It's easy to fall into heated debates. Each defending a point of view oftentimes equated to truths. The elephant in this sense represents reality. And each of the worthy blind sages represents a different approach to understanding this reality. That's what's so powerful. And so these men of Hindustan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion, exceeding stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right and all were in the wrong. And that was by Jeffrey Godfrey Sachs. Unless we can piece together the realities of the sages, we can in no way be objective and will fail to understand the whole elephant. And I'm afraid that we live in a time right now that we want to compartmentalize things. And we want to make this person evil and this person good. One side can see, you know, where if someone does something wrong, they should be excommunicated from the church and kicked out. The other side, if it's one of their people, think it's not as bad as the other people. Don't you see, we, we got to start dealing with this. And I, I tell you, it's funny, and this is why I'm kind of going into other things too, because when I did this, uh, uh, started Googling elephant, because I wanted to find the exact meaning of elephant in the room, I found this other thing called elephant test. Similarly, the term elephant test refers to a situation in which an idea or thing is hard to describe. Again, sound like the world we live in? but instantly recognizable when spotted. Again, sound like the world we live in? The term is often used in legal cases. When there's an issue which may be open to interpretation, again, sound familiar? Such as the case of Cadogan Estates Limited versus Morris, when Lord Justice Stuart Smith referred to the well-known elephant test. It is difficult to describe, but you know it when you see it. That's the elephant test. A similar incantation used, however, as a rule of exclusion was invoked by the concurring opinion of Justice Potter Stewart in Jacobellis versus Ohio, and this is 1964, an obscenity case. He stated that the Constitution protected all obscenity except, quote, hardcore pornography. Stewart opined, I shall not today attempt further to define the kinds of material I understand to be embraced within that, that shorthand description. And perhaps I could never succeed in intelligibly doing so. But I know it when I see it. And the motion picture involved in this case is not that. And I believe today, ladies and gentlemen, we're at a place that we can say the elephant test is that it's not that. In other words, things aren't working. Let's be honest, they're not working our families, they're not working our communities, they're not working our country. And so this about leadership, this about being the change that you want to see in the world, this about those existential questions of knowing who you are, why you're here, whose you are, where you're going, why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night and get up the next day and do it again and again and again. And see, that's why this matters. Because we live in a time where we want to be liked so much. And the, the winds of society today are blowing all over the place. What used to be considered wise is now considered foolish. 
and what used to be considered foolish is now considered wise. This massive confusion about what sex you are, now it's glorified. If you're fluid, if you're not sure, if you're confused, today they say, ah, that's where you want to be. But for thousands of years and 200 of our country, we would never say confusion is where we want to be. We would never say you want to doubt the God of the universe. We would never say that you, you want to, to go all over the place and vacillate and, and spend all your life figuring out how God made you. Oh, my gosh, we would never do that. And so what I want to deal with today is the elephant in the room. And I'm going to tell you there are two things that are, we are struggling with as society that if we address those, things can change. I've been to training put on by Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar, but I've never walked away with a growth experience like I did with the Leadership Awakening. Are you stuck in a rut? Have you leveled life's undulating line and flatlined your hopes and dreams? The time is now to attend Leadership Awakening with Mr. Black. Not since my Ranger training in the U.S. Army have I been pushed to see and feel the abilities I have to live life to the fullest. During this three-day life boot camp, you will clean up your thinking and restart your heart, helping you have the passion and enthusiasm your life's been missing. My heart was spiritually mended. I'm excited about living my life like it matters. By far the best 46 hours I've ever spent. Graduates leave Leadership Awakening refocused with the biggest feeling of self-confidence and a renewed passion and enthusiasm for their business and their personal lives. Call now and commit to giving and getting more from life. 817-502-1554 or email me at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. If your tooth fell out, would you replace it? Most people would. So how is your hair any different? If you're tired of losing hair, simply replace it by going to INeedMoreHair.com. Let this be a year to make a new hair's resolution. Hi, I'm Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Meet the hair transplant specialists that have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, the results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan near 35E and Diffley Road. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more competent reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. That's INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Did you know approximately 980 Minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year? Only 88 will live to see the year 2022. These are not simply statistics. Every one of those diagnosed represents someone's mother, father, sister, brother, colleague, or friend. Pancreatic cancer is the world's toughest cancer with a five-year survival rate of just 9% in the U.S. The Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is determined to improve patient outcomes today and double survival by 2020. We need your help. We are the only organization with a nationwide grassroots army inspiring over 1 million people to take action and accelerate progress in the fight to end pancreatic cancer. We must do more and demand urgent action to save lives. Find out how you can join the fight by visiting pancan.org. That's P-A-N-C-A-N dot org. Pancan dot org. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters Inspiration, Education, and Application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today, uh, we are talking about the elephant in the room. That common thing uh, that we know is going on. But a lot of people don't want to admit it. They don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Uh, and today I want to address two elephants in the room. I think two things that are keeping us from being everything we are committed to be. You know, I believe in helping people have hope and, and live a life that honors who they are and what they're doing. I believe in uh, helping people set goals and, and have a reason to get out of bed each day, do what you do, go home at night, uh, go to bed and get the next day and do it again and again and again. 
And so as I started thinking about the animosity, the bitterness, and it really brought about seeing uh, Trump's uh, uh, State of the Union address and uh, really uh, pleased with how he's changing his tone and really becoming more presidential. And uh, to see that 75% of the country agreed with it. But then I started reading stuff on it from the different news networks and was just stunned at when I hear this hatred and bitterness and uh, people are sitting on their hands, even when he's talking about wanting to rally people together about what we have in common as a, as a people. Just stunning. And it really made me think about, as I looked at that room of people where half of them standing and half of them sitting, half of them cheering, half of them scowling. So, man, talk about an elephant in a room. It's right there. And so I started Googling, you know, what does it mean? What is that, where did that phrase elephant in the room come from? Because someone had to be the first one to say it. I love to, to do that. There's a book out there I love to say, Why We Say What We Say. And it has a lot of these things, why we say this and why we say that. I remember uh, reading up, I was looking through that book a while ago. I hadn't looked at it for a while, but it was like, you know, why, why do people call prostitutes hookers? And it goes back to the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Revolutionary War where there was a, a commanding general, military officer. I don't know if he was general, but his name was Hooker. And what he would do for his troops when they were on leave and to some downtime, he would hook them up with ladies of the night, if you will. And so they were, so anyways, it's just an off subject there. It was just interesting. I love to find out why we say what we say because I love words. I love phrases. And so when I was, when I was looking this uh, elephant in the room up, it reminded me of a story I heard from Greg Laurie. Greg Laurie was talking about his friend James Merritt, who, who wrote the book Being Fathers in a Fatherless World. And, and Mr. Merritt has said that the most endangered species in America is not the spotted owl or the snail darter or the elephant, <laughs> but responsible fathers. In his book, he tells a story about Kruger National Park, the largest wildlife preserve in South Africa. The herds of elephants there had, had overgrown. Uh, they had to figure out a way to thin the herd because it was out of control and it was getting uh, the balance of nature was, was getting uh, out of balance, if you will. So they decided uh, what they were going to do is they were going to relocate some of the younger bull elephants from its rapidly growing elephant population at Kruger and then relocate them to, I think it's called Pylensburg Game Reserve. And this would solve two problems in their eyes. They can thin the herds at Kruger and then build a new herd uh, with these young bull elephants in Plainsburg. And so at the beginning, the plan seemed to be working. All seemed well for a time. But then a serious problem began to develop. There was an unexplained slaughter of rhinos taking place at Pylensburg. And they were concerned about poachers and the threats to the rhinos because their horns and, and all that stuff. And, and possibly, uh, also, they might go after these brand new bull elephants uh, that they sent over there and, and for their tusk. So this was a big deal. They were real concerned. I mean, this is a big, big uh, industry, if you will. And so they put up cameras and monitored the situation to see if they could identify the poachers, the culprits, those that were attacking the rhinos and, and taking their, 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 their horns and eventually probably would also attack these new elephants for their tusk. And so after reviewing all the video that they put out, all the surveillance, uh, um, it was interesting what they found. And the reserve found that was not poachers or outside sources that were killing these rhinos. What was going on was that there were these gangs of young rogue bull elephants. I said bull elephants. Yep. I know you probably never heard the word gangs <laughs> connected to a group of animals, uh, non-human animals, I should say. But what was going on was there were gangs of young rogue bull elephants that were going on rampages and were attacking rhinos and goring them with their tusks. They were out of control. They were killing its perceived threat, these young elephants, which was the rhino. Wow, big. So after much thought, they devised a plan to fix the situation. This is what they did. The preserve reintroduced some of the older, mature male elephants into the herds of the younger bull elephants. They figured they could lead them, teach them, and give them permission to live together in nature and to coexist. Within weeks, the younger elephants were bonding with the older ones. Their behavior improved, and there were no more reports of rhinos being killed. And I'll never forget when I heard that story. It really touched me. It really did. Because I'm going to tell you, there are two elephants in the room, America. 
I'm going to tell you what they are now. I've waited till this segment to tell you. And the two elephants of the room are number one, the lack of good positive male leadership. I mean, I, I grew up in a, a home that's not good, was not good. I got on my own at 16, uh, uh, forced out by, by the grace of God and in the Army at 17, graduated from high school. And man, I spent my college years wanting to figure out what it meant to be a man. Does being a man mean you uh, have sex with as many women as you want? Does being a man mean uh, you, you can make a woman go ooh, ooh, ah, ah? I'd question if I if I made enough money, would that make me a man? If I bet enough women, would that make me a man? Uh, if I uh, met famous people, presidents, and traveled the world, would that make me a man? You know, when Christopher Reeves, the actor who played um, a Superman, when he was riding his horse, got thrown off his horse, and he was uh, paralyzed, quadriplegic, I would question myself, is he still a man? I mean, he can't satisfy his wife. He can't do certain things. Does Is he still a man? And so I'm going to tell you right now, one of the elephants in the room in America is the lack of good, positive leadership. And whenever I talk about male leadership, I always have to go to the book by Steve Farrar, Standing Tall. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you're a man, if you're a woman who cares about men, if you've got a young man in your life, a son, uh, Steve Farrar, F-A-R-R-A-R, uh, the book's called Standing Tall. And I'll quote an excerpt from the book. You remember the lowest common denominator, don't you? It's the single most important principle to successfully working fractions. It is also very effective in working fractures. Fractured children, fractured families, and fractured nations. I believe if you look at every major pressing social issue in this country, whether it's teenage pregnancy, child abuse, drive-by shootings, teenage suicide, or the divorce rate, and reduce each of these problems to its lowest common denominator, you will find in each case the same root cause, lack of male leadership. With every major social problem in America, somewhere and in some way a father has failed to give leadership to his family. That's the root cause of every pressing social issue in this country. The deterioration of our culture has accelerated dramatically because fathers who are willing to lead are in the minority. And that's the lowest common denominator. Daniel Patrick Moynihan observed this fact in 1965. Senator Moynihan wrote this in 1965. From the wild Irish slums of the 19th century eastern seaboard to the riot-torn suburbs of L.A., there's one unmistakable lesson in American history. A community that allows a large number of young men and women to grow up in broken families dominated by women, never acquiring any stable relationship to male authority, never acquiring any set of rational expectations about the future, that community asks for and gets chaos. Boy, that's an interesting word, right? Chaos, you see it all around us? That word accurately describes what is coming in our country because of the breakdown of male leadership. When authority breaks down first in the home and then consequently in the nation, chaos is the inevitable and frightening result. And ladies and gentlemen, we got to a point where we'd rather be right than be won. We'd rather win than do what's good for the common good of all, not ourselves. We get wrapped up in our petty little experience. And so ladies and gentlemen, right now, I'm going to tell you that the lack of good positive male leadership is one of the elephants in the room that's causing this destruction. And man, I got to tell you, I'm speaking to you, men. And women, it matters to you too, even though I'm talking about men, because men, we grow up not knowing what it means to be a man, not being led as a man, not knowing the tough things to do as a man. And then we get into on our own, and then we're going around there, and then we're causing pain to the women. Women, we owe you an apology, and not for all the other stuff that the world's apologizing for. We owe you an apology because we're not leading, because we're acting like little boys, we don't know what it means to be a man, and then we come into your life, and then we marry you or sleep with you or procreate with you, and then you're dealing with your own father issues, and then you're dealing with men who aren't leading, who you have to step up and you have to lead, and that's why we feel uh, have to apologize. You know, I hate to quote a, Vi a Virginia Slim's uh, cigarette ad, but I will. You've come a long way, baby. You know, we have walls. And men, for centuries, our walls have been the biggest, the firmest. We had to be a man. We had to put on our big boy pants. We had to just suck it up. And because of that, from pity and, and feeling sorry for ourselves and then a world that's pitting against us, then we stop leading. 
we got to know these existential questions. If we're going to take this country where it belongs, if we're going to lead our families, lead our companies, lead our communities. And so we got to know, what does it mean to be a man? What type of man do you want to be? So, man, I'm asking, who are you? Why do you get up each day, do what you do, go home at night, get up the next day and do it again and again and again? What's your purpose? If today was your last day on this planet, did it matter one bit that you were given the gift of leadership, that you were given the gifts and talents and resources that you have? And so, man, I'm telling you, it's time to step up. But you're in a world that's going to tell you you don't matter, but you do matter. In college campuses, the only illegal drug today is testosterone, terms like toxic masculinity. You got to fight that. You got to know who you are. You got to believe what you believe because if we don't step up, things are going to get worse. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the elephant in the room. It's, it's leadership, lack thereof. And so the one elephant in the room is the lack of good positive male leadership. And after the break, I'm going to cover the second elephant in the room. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Go to likeitmatters.net to find out more about Leadership Awakening workshops. That's likeitmatters.net. Hi, everybody. Randy from RB's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. Arby's Computer Service. Yes, I do. Did it! Thank you, Mr. Black! Are those your grades for this semester? They sure are. All A's and one B. But what about your learning disability and your struggles in school? Not since I got my brain map done at Like It Matters. I now know how I best learn and the unique way that God made me. No more learning disability. You are unique. Nobody has your fingerprints and nobody is wired exactly like you. We now have the ability to show you God's fingerprints for your life through yours. The unique print on each of your fingers is a duplicate of the neural pathway in that corresponding lobe of your brain. With our exclusive brain map, we can capture your fingerprints and give you a 35-page map of your brain, your gifts, talents, and innate resources. This information is the key to unlocking your God-given potential and truly living your life like it matters. If you're ready to maximize the potential you were created with, email Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com or call 817-502-1554. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I'm your blessed radio host, coach, your life caddy, Mr. Black, and today on Like It Matters Radio, we are talking about elephant in the room. And by the way, if you miss any of this radio show, you can listen to it again on the same format at 5 p.m. Every single day from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, and then replayed from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio. 
Just uh, search Wellness Radio 1570. You can listen to us at TuneIn Radio, uh, and we replay. You can also go to our website and just listen to archive messages and listen to any message you want from the last couple months. That's likeitmattersradio.com. Uh, and we are locally uh, in a few cities, and we're, our goal is to be nationwide uh, in the next year. In St. Louis, we can be heard from 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on Praise 95.1 FM and 1260 AM. On AM 1570 in Minneapolis and St. Paul, you can listen to us on TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. You can listen to us uh, many different places around the world through the uh, international apps. But I want you to know uh, we've been approached by Wilkins Radio, and we are looking to go nationwide. Uh, We are looking right now for our next city, probably in Virginia, uh, where we're going to go. But we need your help. I'm putting together a board of directors. I'm putting together a 5013C. We need to raise about a quarter of a million dollars. And in 12 months, I believe we can be uh, in 60 cities across this country, basically uh, giving us a nationwide audience. If we're going to change this world, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to change our thinking. We've got to change how our hearts and minds interact. Uh, But we've got to do it one person at a time, starting with ourselves. And so I pray that you'll be part of this cause. Email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. And so we talked about the first elephant in the room is there's a lack of good, positive leader, male leadership. You know, we got to know who we are, men. we got to quit letting this world define who we are. Tell us that we don't matter. Tell us that masculinity, masculinity is toxic. Tell us that men need to get to the back of the bus. Tell us that men don't serve a purpose. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And you look at what's been happening as we've been told that lie over and over and over and over and over. Things are getting worse and worse and worse. It's, it's like water. You know there's only two types of water on this planet. Anybody get this? There are two types of water. There's salt water and there's fresh water. Anybody get this? Salt water is found in the oceans, earths, and seas. And it's quite different from the fresh water contained within lakes, rivers, streams, and the stuff that we get in our house, Right? Plant and animal species are adapted to live in one type of water or the other. So are you. But few can thrive in both. Neither can you. Some species are able to tolerate what is called brickish water, which results when fresh water from a river or stream drains into a salt uh, water body and lowers the salt water salinity. So you got to get this. So what is the difference between the two types of waters? Salinity first. There's salinity, there's density, there's freezing point, and there's tonicity. Those four things separate uh, water. Salt water is denser than fresh water. You got to get that. Salt water contains salt or sodium chloride. Fresh water may contain small amount, but not enough to be considered salt water. Warmer salt water is less dense than colder salt water, which results in the colder water sinking to the ocean floor. You get it? Freezing point is actually different. The average freezing point for ocean water is minus 2 degrees Celsius. You get that? And you should know that fresh water is 0 degrees, right? So you got to get this. But let me tell you the biggest difference between salt water and fresh water. You ready for this, Einstein? You ready? Salt water comes from salt water. Fresh water comes from fresh water. Anybody get what I'm saying? Soil. You begat. Abusers usually begat abusers. Molesters usually begat molesters. If you plant radish seeds and anything grows, you're going to grow radishes or weeds. You got my point? The seed that you plant, if something sprouts, will be that seed or a weed that comes out of nowhere. That's been waiting for you to plant something so it can destroy it. Sound familiar? It's like this house of horrors in California. You know, that, that husband and wife who chained their 12 kids to their bed. I saw this the other day. The sister of the mom charged in California House of Horrors case says she, her sister, and their cousins were routinely routinely sexually abused during their childhood by a close family friend. And talk of the molestation was swept under the rug. Elizabeth Flores told Dr. Oz in a pre-taped segment of his show set to air Tuesday that Louise Turpin, her cousin Patricia, and others were targeted by a man she described as a wealthy property owner who is to this day still alive. And they were continually, regularly, daily molested and abused. And they were never told to talk about it. And so this is the problem. Where does salt water come from? It comes from salt water. Where does fresh water come from? It comes from fresh water. We are programmed, ladies and gentlemen. Every single human being, including the turpins, are working perfectly. Now, I didn't say they were perfect. I'm not condoning what they did. What they did was uh, gross, was sickening. They should be held to account. Those kids will never, ever fully recover from it. 
And then those kids are going to wind up usually abusing, molesting other kids unless they scratch the CD, unless they break the LP. We can reprogram. We can change the way we think. That's what I'm talking about here. That's why I do this radio show. That's why I do it. Not because I need to waste my money and tell you my political views. That's a bunch of bunk. Don't buy into that lie in your head. Don't put everything in this category called political. It's cultural. We need to address the culture, the series of repeated events that keep taking place. What's been made okay, what's been made not okay. That's what we need to address. Because abusers usually begat abusers. Molesters usually begat molesters. People who grow up with learning disabled parents and are told they're learning disabled, they stop learning. Don't you get it? That's why I'm going to Dr. Caroline Leafsworth about, uh, Leaf's work about toxic thoughts. She says 75 to 90% of the illnesses that plague us today are a direct result of our thought life. What we think about affects us physically and emotionally. It's an epidemic of toxic emotions. And we have 30,000 thoughts a day. 30,000 thoughts a day, over 30,000. In uncontrolled thought life, we create conditions for illness. We make ourselves sick. And medical research increasingly points to the fact that thinking and consciously controlling your thought life is one of the best ways of detoxing your brain. Change in your thinking is essential to detoxing the brain. Consciously controlling your thought life means not letting thoughts rampage through your mind. It means learning to engage interactively with every single thought you have. But that's not easy. It's not normal. And so the second elephant in the room is that hurting people hurt people. From the soil returns to the soil. The Bible even says that dog returns to its vomit. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Don't you get it? We're carbon-based life form. That means once we die, it goes back to dust from which it came. What do you think mulch is? You take your leftover produce, the peels from the potato, from the banana, and you stick it underground. It becomes mulch. It goes back to the soil with all those nutrients and makes it fertile ground. That's how we are. And that's why we got to go in and start deconstructing our thinking. We need to take a look at our belief systems because hurting people don't need to hurt people. Left to its own device, left to its own thing. I mean, that's why you see all the hatred out there. You got a lot of hurting people on the left. A lot of people that have stirred up, ginned up anger. We have an entire world that's ginning up anger. The narrative is hate. The narrative is hate be bitter. You know, honestly, we need to turn off some news stations. I just don't think CNN and MSNBC are positive stations. Listen, every once in a while I turn them on, I can't have them on for more than two or three minutes. The vitriol, the hatred, the bitterness, the, the gotcha journalism. Can't wait to take down this man and take down this country and, and humiliate him and embarrass him. And fr- oh, my gosh. It's the people that are happy that Jared, who sexually molested little kids, is going to be sexually molested. It's that Olympic coach, that pervert who molested all those kids over the years, and then the judge sentenced them, and in her sentencing says, I look forward to you being raped, basically. Wow. Is that really what we come to? That we now have such bitter, such hatred, that we'd want any human being to be raped. What he did to those girls was disgusting. But to say that I hope it happens to him, wow, we got to be careful of all this social justice we're looking for everybody else. Because at some point, that justice is going to be looking to us too. And that's why it's time to clean up our thinking. If you want to change our world, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to change our thinking. We've got to go in the structure of our thoughts. We've got to go in the unconscious. The unconscious mind runs the ship. We have programs that have been implemented since we were little kids. We put up walls from abuse, from pain, from abandonment. We're meaning makers. And we feel pain and we feel hurt and we get disappointed and we get violated. We want to make sense of it. And from that, we create belief systems, a structure of belief that everything else comes from and is dictated by. And most people get so busy in the rat race of life, get so busy going through the motions, get so busy making a living, earning a living, raising a family, getting through this and getting through that, that they never take a look at the structure of their beliefs. They never really take a look at everything that's driving them. And that's why I do what I do. I'm not selling you on going to likeitmatters.net. I'm telling you. If you want to live the life that you were created to live, if you want to take your life wherever it is, good or bad, right or wrong, profitable or unprofitable, you don't have to stay here. You don't have to stuck. I want to give you hope. You can change. I don't care what your family of origins issues are. 
You can change your thinking. You can go in the structure of your thought. I can teach you how your unconscious mind works. And from that, everything else can be changed. I'm calling out for you right now. Let's address the elephant in the room. Men, we need to step up and start leading. And we need to realize that hurting people don't have to hurt people. Webster's Dictionary defines a meeting as a gathering of people for a particular purpose, such as to talk about business. No matter how big or small your meeting is, WNAV Audiovisual can help. Because at WNAV Audiovisual, your meeting is our business. Hi, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. Today, over 26 million meetings will take place in the United States. In today's fast-paced world, meetings are essential to keep people connected. In today's fast-paced world, you have to get business done now. Whether your meeting is in a conference room, auditorium, ballroom, or sanctuary, WNAV can provide you with audiovisual equipment and expertise quickly, smoothly, and efficiently. And we've been serving Minnesota since 1983. Learn more about what WNAV's technicians can do for you online at wnav-video.com. That's wnav-video.com. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 